One year later, it has been a real exciting ride Getting to have my loved ones here by my side Teenage me would love to find a reason to why Cause I'm shy now, this version of Joel wants to be your dogging guide Another new season of Not Your Every Show starts right now. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Not Your Ever Show. So, as y'all can see, I am back at Disciples Directions headquarters over here. Um, as you can tell, I have a different guest, same place, different guest. So, she has actually been on Disciples Directions a few times. Um, this is my sister-in-law, Macy. Hi. Uh, she's, of course, married to my brother, Matt, which is why I'm in this house. <laughs> so, he's over here. <laughs> yes. can't see him. Yeah, so today he's, um, he's sitting on the sidelines listening into this podcast. So uh, today I have his wife, Macy. And Hello, everybody. It's, yeah, it's good having her here for the first <laughs> time. And uh, thank y'all for letting me come over here and do Oh, you're recording. welcome. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, most definitely. So... <laughs> So, as y'all know, that we are on episode 98 at this point. So, after today's recording, we're only going to have two more recordings in 2023 before I uh, start a new season uh, next year in February. So, wow. yeah, so I'm about to be at 100 here in a little bit. This is you know, 98, and I have two more to do, and, and then I'll be at the, I'll be in the triple digits. Wow. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely come a long way for sure. So, Yes, I'm glad to be here. We have a good topic that I want to talk with y'all about uh, for two reasons. So first, I guess I better tell y'all what the topic is. So today's topic of the day is going to be on scary situations. So there's two reasons why I want to talk about scary situations. For one, I feel like everybody has experienced something in their life that has been scary. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, I guess if you can define scary situations according to just each person's experience like scary to them may be taking a driver's license test which was scary at one point <laughs> for me so something like that asking somebody out on a date i've been there so uh -huh. like so anybody can define there's different levels of scary yeah exactly yeah. so being but, afraid yeah exactly uh -huh. so i think that you know that's one reason i feel like many people can relate to just the situations of, you know, that can be scary, whether it's something like that, or if it's something even more scary that could be life-threatening or something like that. But another reason why I wanna talk about scary situations is more along the lines of uh, what Macy does for work. So she is actually a paramedic. So um, I know that she has seen and witnessed a lot of scary stuff, like scary situations. And I thought that this would be a nice way for everyone to kind of see things through through her lens, like through her eyes and perspective um, as a paramedic. So um, before I even get into my questions, I want to ask how long have you been a paramedic? Oh my gosh, uh, 24 long years. Wow. 24 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's been, that's been a long time. So mm -hmm. you, you... I'm 46 and I've been doing this for half my life. Yeah, wow, so yeah, you definitely have enough experience in this to know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, and um, things don't get to me so much anymore, but I'm sure we'll go over some of that. So um, if, I'm, if I'm calm about some things that 
other people might be, you know, get really freaked out about. It's just the nature of the job. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> yeah. If I say something and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's and like, like oh, well, that's not even what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like you're almost immune to it at this yeah. point. Which, yeah. Yeah. Definitely desensitized. Mm -hmm. Not very proud of it, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It comes with the job. Yes. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, so I guess that um, I almost kind of answered my next question of if you've done See, anything. See, I told you this was Yeah, in short. the medical field. <laughs> yeah, of, uh, like have you done anything else outside of that? But it sounds like you've done mainly just a paramedic role. I've, yes. Uh, no, I've done, I was in, I've been in EMS on an ambulance for the length of the time. I haven't gone, let me see, let me think. Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, hold on. I did, I worked in an ER for about a month. That was about yeah. it. But <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Just to um, just to see what it was like. I wanted to get off the ambulance, but being on being in an ambulance or being in the ER, being on my feet all the time, I did decide. I was like, you know what? At least I get to sit down some. So that was a no. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I'm sure that ER, mm -hmm. you've seen a lot of crazy stuff with mm -hmm. them with it itself. So. Which kind of actually leads me to my first question, which I'm going to go ahead and give y'all a forewarning, <clears throat> excuse me, in case if, uh, in case if she brings up any kind of stories that may be a little bit more, maybe graphic or gory, I just want to at least give y'all a little warning just in case if anything gets brought up. So in case anybody for some reason don't even like to hear the thoughts of blood or anything like, like that. Mitchell, Mitchell, yeah, like, like Mitchell. Yeah, like Mitchell. Shout out to Mitchell. <laughs> so don't be fainting uh, as you're listening to this, Mitchell. So uh, so anyway, yeah, my first question is this. <clears throat> so what are some of the scariest things that you have witnessed or have gone through in your life? In my life. So I know we wanted to, we'll talk about some of the EMS stuff first. Um, one of these things was actually really recent and it's still, it kind of, it's been traumatizing me a little bit. Um, so, um, a couple of weeks ago, it's been about three weeks ago, me and my partner, um, we went to a cardiac arrest call. This was it. It was at midnight and it was out in the county and we were the first people there and it was we turned onto this little we turned onto this little dirt road and there were three trailers and it's midnight and this is out in the country the, they went in the nicest of trailers you know no lights no nothing we couldn't uh, we didn't know exactly which one it was anyway we're trying to communicate with dispatch and then i see this man behind the trailer going come on come on so um I get out and I tell my partner that I'm going to run and go check real quick. Oh yeah, by the way, so um, we had gotten notes in um, the dispatch notes that said that the man had, he was for sure that this person had passed and that there was no hope. So um, instead of us lugging everything up um, through, you know, through the woods and everything because it, you had to go around the little patch of woods and then you can go up the steps to this uh, trailer. Anyway, so I decided I would go check first, and when I got to the steps, the man said, I said, hey, I'm sorry about your loss. Are you, saw, are you sure everything he's passed? He said, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. He said, his nephew's inside. I'm like, okay. So I motioned my partner, come on, everything's okay. So I go inside, and um, this trailer, it's, it's 
a mess. It looks like a hoarder lives there. Hmm. Um, and he just pointed, he's like, he's right around there. I'm already getting a creepy feeling anyway. And I peek around the corner and I see this, he looked to be about 30 years old. He was kind of crying. He sat there with his hands in his pockets and he's just, <laughs> and I seen a gentleman on the bed and he was covered up. So I walked up to him. I said, um, hey, are you related to this man? He said, yeah, this is my, he said, this is my uncle. I'm his nephew. I said, okay, well, I, I'm so sorry. And I said, Let me, I need to check real quick. And these are the only words he said to me this whole time. So he said, yeah, he's my uncle. And then he starts crying again. So I look over and I lift up the blanket and this man, he's cold and he's rigor mortis has done set in. And um, I kind of step away and I, I put my arm around the guy and I said, I said, I'm so sorry for your loss. And he's just sobbing and I'm still waiting for my partner to come in, mind you. Um, the other gentleman, he wasn't there. It was just me and this guy. And I try to talk to him. Um, I kind of forget because <laughs> when I get scared like that, I mean, I get cold mm -hmm. all over. Yeah. Um, but this wasn't even the part. But I was already getting a bad feeling. So I had, had my arm around him. I'm like, um, I said, so how did you come to find him? And he didn't say nothing. And my arm had slipped down and I felt a gun on his side. And I kind of, my, I touched it and I was like, eek, and I put my hand beside me. Mm -hmm. And then my partner comes in and I'm kind of letting her know. I said, um, we need to call the coroner. And, um, she's like, okay. So she steps out of the room again, leaving me alone with this guy again. And I'm just trying to talk to him. Um, I asked him what his name was. He wouldn't answer me. Um, I said, did you, are you the one who found him and didn't answer me? I'm getting very nervous then. And so I kind of, kind of stepped back and um, my partner comes back in and I said, so we're talking for me and her are talking. I said, I said, are we okay with you with that gun on you? You're not feeling any kind of way towards anybody. I had smelt alcohol on him also. Yeah. So I knew he had been, he, he was probably drunk, but I smelt the alcohol and um, he just stood there. And I'm like, okay, so um, then the police officer showed up. Um, we seen his lights coming around the corner. Anyway, so um, at one point, I'm kind of moving around him and he, the, the nephew goes up to the the man that's passed and he starts beating on his chest. He's like, he said, I told you not to leave me. Don't leave me. Why'd you leave me? And I'm like, hmm, please hurry up. Mm. And um, I put my hand back on him and I said, it's okay. It's a calm down. Um, I said, do you want to step out? And he said, he said, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I said, are you okay? Do we need to take the gun away from you, are you okay? And he pulls the gun out and he starts waving it around. And he's like, I can't like, right now, I can't even remember exactly the things he said because I'm telling you, <laughs> I froze. Yeah. Um, I froze solid. 
and I felt like I was about to pass out. I got cold all over again, cold sweats. Um, I know my blood pressure probably dropped. He's just waving this gun around. He's like, no, this gun, it's this. And he's pulling things off of it. And I'm like, oh. And then the police officer comes in and um, he puts the gun up. And so um, I step out then immediately. I'm like, okay, well, all right, well, we'll leave you here for a second. And the police officer follows me and I'm just shaking when I talk to him. Look, you need to get that gun away from him. He, something's not right. He's He's very upset, um, and I even left out a part. So, um, during, before a lot of this, um, he had asked if we could retrieve a gun. He did talk um, when I first got there. He asked if we could retrieve a gun. He was like, hey, um, it, this was right when I looked. He said, hey, could you give me that gun that's under there? Uh, I'm remembering all this now. Mm -hmm. Could you give me that gun? Um, he promised it to me when he, when he passed. I said, I said, I'm sorry, we can't touch anything. That's when he started sobbing again. And um, so the police officer, um, I left. I had to go compose myself. Um, when I went outside, a lady shows up. We were getting ready to leave. A lady shows up and I said, who are you, ma'am? She said, that's my daddy, that's my daddy. And I said, okay, I said, I'm so sorry. Um, I said, he's passed, and she's like, oh my gosh. I said, well, your nephew's inside. She said, nephew? And I said, yes, ma'am, his nephew's inside. So she said, well, I'm his daughter. He doesn't have any nephews. Oh. And I said, okay, and she starts to take off, and I run after her, and I grab her by her arm. <laughs> and I said, I said, ma'am, I don't know what's going on, but um, I need compose yourself. I said, there's a police officer in there. I said, I don't know who this guy is. He's been giving me the creeps since I've been here. He's got a gun on him and I don't know what he'll do. I don't want him to shoot the cop, you. And um, so that's about the end of that story. I'll tell you that I found out later that this was not a relative. This was more, and I don't want to say because I'm not for sure, but I think that it was, it was, um, I had talked to the man that lived there with him. It was two old men. Um, the, the patient, the guy that passed away was 65. He was on home oxygen and everything. Yeah. And he had another older man that lived there. He was like 70. He was real nice. I said, Hey, did you, do you know that guy in there? He's like, no. I said, you told me. <laughs> and you know me, Joel. I can talk to pretty much anybody. I talked to him like I've known him. I said, man, you told me that you, this was his nephew. He's like, well, that's what he told me. I'm like, so you've never seen him before? And he was like, nuh-uh. I was like, oh my gosh. I said, okay, well, um, went and got the police officer, told him what was going on. And so he turned out to be just somebody. Uh, he told the family that he, that he went to, um, he went to um, anger management classes with her daddy and that he just called him his nephew because they were good friends. And I'm sure that's not what was going on. Mm -hmm. There were pill bottles, um, uh, pain pill bottles everywhere. Our thoughts are that he came over in the middle of the night to get pain pills. Mm -hmm. um, that wasn't just my thought. The other man had said people come here all the time um, in the middle of the night. so. Um, this man was kind of known for doing stuff like that. So my thoughts were he probably come over to get some pain pills, went in, and he was dead and called. 
Well, this gun that he had, it wasn't even his. That was the man that passed away's gun. Wow. Yeah. I mean, just being in that situation, it scared the life out of me. I didn't know what he was going to do. I can see how um, people get shot when they have guns of their own and they're pointing them. Because, look, I'm telling you, I'd shot him if I had a gun. Mm -hmm. I would. <laughs> Yeah, he's, but, yeah, yeah. he's a little loony. He was. He was intoxicated, and yeah. It happens out in the county all the time, stuff like that. Um, mm. So it, it's scary. Yeah, so it goes to show that, like, I, even you've, even though you've had this many years of experience in, like, para, the paramedic field, you, you still can't even, like, come oh, yeah. to the idea that, like, your life can sometimes be at yeah. risk. Where, you know, that, even that itself, especially someone that claims is I'm, I'm your nephew, I'm his nephew, um, yeah. and he's like, nope, plot twist, nope. Oh, not. yeah, my mouth just dropped because I had spoke with the, the I know most of the cops in the area that I work, so I'd seen him the next night, or that shift, and brought it up, and he's, when, that's when he told me the whole story. Mm -hmm. I said, well, did he go to jail? He's like, not all the family gave him a ride to his house. I'm like, Oh my These gosh. people out here in the county are crazy. <laughs> yeah, they don't trust anybody, it sounds like. Uh, Man, oh my gosh. I, I've definitely <clears throat> not had a scary situation like that before. Yeah, that one. Um, and, and I haven't really, not to that extent. And I mean, you were just talking before um, about the, co you know, at the colleges we were at having mm -hmm. guns. But um, that was, I, I, because I knew, I was so close to him and he was not he was not in his right frame of mind i smelled mm -hmm. alcohol people do crazy things when they're on alcohol and drugs mm -hmm. but yeah that's I, a one yeah well the one thing that i wanted to say like about the story that i can somewhat relate to is when you say like in the that moment when he was starting waving the gun around yeah. that he was you kind of froze yeah and i've had like a scary situation where i've like done that moment too where i'm like froze like <laughs> like what do i do and even in my dreams i feel like same thing happens in my dreams i feel like something's happening to my me in my dream i feel like I can't even defend myself. I'm just like really? a stone. I don't know how it happens, but then, then out of nowhere, I'm like, I'm awake. Like I get it. Like that's the only way I can escape it. But sometimes when it's reality and I can't escape it, I'm just like frozen there. Like I feel like I'm like an ice block. Yeah. And, and like I guess one situation uh, I can definitely mention right quick is, uh, of course, back in 2020, with there was like a lot of division that was going on with like politics and stuff like that mm -hmm. and had a disagreement with one person that we we all know this one person and this uh had a disagreement with this person it turns out they came to my house and yeah, oh, that, yeah. Was, yeah that was a uh, that was pretty scary situation i was like threatened and stuff like that. i've never been threatened before, so like so. where were you how did all that happen so y'all were at your house yeah was it daytime nighttime you gotta tell the story yeah i gotta give you the full <laughs> thing yeah so it was like later in the afternoon close to like 5 p.m because uh -huh. we were going to go out to dinner with some family uh, -huh. uh and anyway we were about to leave and <clears throat> we heard the, a banging on the door and I looked out the window and I thought that it was one of my friends because this was back in 2020 when we were asking people for Lysol. And because <laughs> nowadays you can get the Lysol, but back then, y'all, this, this Lysol was like extinct. So, yeah. 
so I went, yeah so my one of my friends works at like retail like a, a Publix and anyway he's I always bringing me some yeah, so I was like man so look at him bringing that life so I didn't even have to ask him <laughs> and I opened the door and it was not him it was this same guy that I've had a disagreement yes. with and yeah, he just stormed in and he ran up our stairs and and he was starting to like yell out a bunch of different stuff and we were like, uh-uh, like, we're about, about to go. No no meeting. We're not having no, like, debate over nothing. Did, they so. wanna did this person want to have a conversation? Is yeah. That what, uh... Yeah, it led up because it, met, met, it happened, what happened before him coming over was me and this person were having, like, words back and forth through uh, Facebook Messenger. And so and there was one part where I called him a liar on something, and that's what... I think triggered him. I guess we're gonna use that word nowadays. Yeah. Everybody loves that word. So, <laughs> so you know, triggered him to come over to the house, and you know, threatening me and like in my face and and <clears throat> I am what I was trying to do is trying to not look scared. Yeah. Which, uh, according to other people, I, I at least look like I stood my ground. Oh, good. But on the inside, I was like shaking. <laughs> I was like frozen. But but it kind of looked like from other people's perspectives that this person was just in my face. I'm just like. But the, <laughs> the him being so hostile and you not knowing what he's gonna do or what he can do. That's yeah. that's a fear that yeah. Yeah, was, he, because he says something. I didn't know if he had because I know this person owns a, a gun. Yeah. he owns a weapon. You don't know so how they're gonna be. Yeah, I didn't know if they had a weapon on them. Or not so, but when he said that, if I said one more word about him being a liar, that like if he was gonna, um, he's like, This is going to your jaw, like he had his fist. And so, I, I remember like that whole thing. And uh, long story short, that situation got settled and and all is right now, but <laughs> but but when that happened at the time, it was pretty scary so i can somewhat relate to the like being frozen in the moment yeah because when it comes to confrontation like that like i've never been in a fight so y'all you could probably beat me up if you're trying to <laughs> if you can probably if you want to try to fight me i'll probably get beaten up because i've never been in a fight but i feel like i would be just like frozen just like, hit, the whole low, time. hit low hit <laughs> yeah yeah especially <laughs> as a guy that, that's probably your best self-defense is hit low so maybe yeah, but so uh, in a way, when you were talking about your story, I can relate to that part. Just yeah. because it's like sometimes you're like, oh, what's about to happen next? Like the fear of the unknown. Yeah. Yeah, it can be scary. Yeah. So, ugh, yeah. So that was definitely one situation for for me, but it definitely is nothing compared to a lot more things that you've seen. Yeah. Um. So I will try to keep some of the other ones short. Um. I have severe ADHD. I'm sure these people can already tell, <laughs> but so I didn't really prepare. It's hard to prepare when um, you have unmedicated ADHD and there's your brain gets tossed back and forth to everything. But there's, I mean, um, I'm older now, a lot, lot older now. <laughs> so things I'm handling things and better than I did and the whole things that scare me are different now than probably especially I'll definitely say 10 years ago when I was saved I was saved 10 years ago and 
there's a lot more peace now. <laughs> a back, back in the day when um, I first started as a paramedic, I was on drugs. By the way, I did drugs for 15 long years, lots of drugs. Um, I've been clean for 10 years now. Went to jail. Um, I was smoking meth. I was smoking crack. I was taking pain pills, 30 a day at least, most every day. And when you do things like that, you don't act like a normal, decent human being. I'll just say that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did a lot of things that I regret. I I was I had liquid courage. Well, oh, yeah. smoke courage, <laughs> I guess, or <laughs> smoked my courage, but. Um, lots of things back in the day that I, I regret, um, um, situations I've been in, I've almost, there's been, let's see, one of the times that, um, I was almost raped one time, mm -hmm. actually two times in that, that whole time frame, but one time that I can remember, and I'll keep it pretty plain, but. Um, you're reckless when you're on drugs yeah. and when you don't have the Lord to guide you or to call on because back then I did love the Lord but I didn't talk to God back then because I knew the things I was doing was wrong so I didn't talk to God I didn't want him to see what I was doing so mm -hmm. anyway I went to this convenience store and um, got a hookup for some pills and ended up going to the home of this person and things didn't go the way I thought um, I knew that this person was really high and I was just sitting there and he was walking back and forth and he was smoking meth <clears throat> he was smoking meth and he went into his room he was just pacing back and forth back and forth back and forth and I'm sitting there waiting to get some drugs from him and he just basically attacked me. Um, mm. I ended up, God, that was, I was very, I was scared to death then. And like I said, I didn't have God. I didn't feel God back then. I wasn't saved then. So I really, that's a, that's a different kind of scare than when you're saved. I can actually say that, but mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I had most of my clothes ripped off of me and I overpowered this guy probably only because he had been up for several days. I yeah. found out through talking to him, been up for several days. I ended up overpowering him. I ran out of his trailer, I didn't have my keys. I had to yell up and said, throw me my keys or I'm calling the police. And anyway, he threw me my keys and I left. And that's one story. Mm -hmm. um, very scared trying to fight off a grown man for it was probably a 15 20 minute fight for my life it felt like yeah um Ooh. but yeah that <laughs> yeah that's definitely a scary situation mm -hmm. for sure as many especially women nowadays it seems like it's like i guess just the thought of I guess like it just seems like we have women. It just seems like it's been like an ongoing thing, and it's getting more and more like mm -hmm. even human trafficking nowadays with women I know, and I children and that's so horrible. That. Yeah. Um, I can't, I can't even imagine that. 
women being trafficked. Do you watch um, Datelines or anything like that? I, I haven't as much uh, recently, but I have. I used to. Yeah. Like to do a bit of that. So I watch a lot of them, and it it I think it helps to for you people to you can understand. I've watched things, and definitely going through something will help you to it. It makes it more you can understand how um, it might actually feel. People will watch these shows and they've never been through anything like that so they have no idea it's really scary could you imagine i mean just being snatched and taken from the people you love by a total stranger in the middle of the night and uh-uh and yeah oh that's awesome that yeah just that would haunt me like just thinking that would become a reality and sadly, it is reality yeah. for many people. Mm -hmm. So uh, I do have a couple of quick questions that yes. I, I forgot to ask you uh, with your first story that you brought up. Mm -hmm. um, I know you said that, like when, like you saw, like you looked up and you saw that he was this guy was he passed away. Yes. Dead. Um, did it take Did it take you a long time to get used to that? Like you know, not getting. Uh, like I guess emotional over seeing like a dead body or have, do you ever feel like you ever struggled with that like being emotional for the family member that lost somebody you know what that's a really good question and you know what now that I'm older yes back when I became a paramedic mm -hmm. I didn't care about anybody I didn't care about anybody but myself uh, death didn't bother me um, I'm being a little hard on myself. I do. I did care about people. Um, mm -hmm. That's why I got into it. But no death, seeing a dead body never bothered me. I always wanted to be the person to save somebody. I'd watched Rescue 911s, but no, it never bothered me. I think there are there are people that just can deal with that type thing, and then you know, and I don't know what gets people there. I don't know what it was in my past that I was able to say, yeah, I can look on a dead body and I'm fine. I don't know what it is or blood or guts or a severed head or intestines hanging out of a stomach or even yeah. a prick of blood on the finger. <laughs> <laughs> I know Mitchell gets very, um, I need to see that too one day, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he definitely does. Uh, he has, he has had his, Fair share of experiences with blood. He don't want to hear nothing about blood or nothing That's like so that. Funny. So yeah, it, I was you know wondering about that because like I guess I even think about like speaking of medical field. I guess I think about like doctors how you know sometimes they have to share the news that you know I you know. have cancer or sorry but like we just found your husband dead and like he he didn't make it through the surgery or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I, I always feel like if I was a doctor or if, or if I was a paramedic. I feel like I would have a hard time holding it in, like my emotions, just because I, I guess almost I feel like I have maybe empathy for them or like, or sympathy, whichever. Yeah, I'm like that now. Yeah, and I feel like I would have a hard time trying to like keep that brave face, you know, to, to give the, to be the bearer of bad news. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like that just would be a, a struggle for me. But I guess at the same time, it does come with the job that like, you know, it, you, it's expected that you are going to have to sometimes give the give that news to somebody and you can't be there you know 
crying yourself too. Like, oh, I did. Yeah. I, this was like, this was, I mean, you're saying this, this happened two weeks ago. Yeah. And Matt's over here. I think I told him, I'm pretty sure I told him. Yeah, I cried with the family. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't happen that often where we have to tell them or the way that it doesn't happen like that all the time. It's been years, but just so happens this happened oh, two weeks ago. We got a call. It was our first call. It was eight o'clock in the morning. And oh my gosh, it was this 90 year old woman. Now her son was the patient. She was 90 years old. Me and my partner um, were first there. We're always first there. God, I wish we could be there second sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Y'all people need to hurry. But, um, we get there and there's a little old lady standing outside and she's come in and so my partner goes and I I watch she was like I said what's going on honey and she grabs me by my arm she's like and she's with this feeble broken voice she's like my son my son he's dead he's dead and I'm like I said I'm so sorry um I said what's his name and she told me his name and I said, okay, well, let's go in. I said, where is he? She said, he's in the bedroom. And um, I went to go look and yeah, he was passed away. I went like this other guy, he was cold and stiff and blue. Mm -hmm. And so I go in there and my partner, just in case he sees this, <laughs> uh, he cares. He's just not a very emotional person either. He just stood there. And I, she was sitting on the couch and I put my arm around her and she just, I held her like a baby. I mean, I held, she was so skinny and little mm -hmm. and her head was right here. And I said, do you have anybody to call? She said, my other son, he's on his way. But, um, so when I, I, I asked what happened, she said that he just got out of prison and he's been staying with her. And she said last night he drank, it was her birthday the night before. She yeah. said it was my birthday. They got me a cake and all this. And I was like, oh, okay. She was 90, 91, 92. And she said last night he drank too much, which she said was fine because she knew he's been depressed because since he got out of prison, he hasn't been able to get a job. So um, she was fine with that. She He decided to go to bed. She woke him up at set, uh, at 10 and said, I got, I got a pizza. Do you want some pizza? And this was probably, he was probably passing away then after she told me the story. She said he was sitting on the bed. He was laid back on the bed with his feet hanging off. And she said he was breathing, but he wouldn't answer me. So mm -hmm. she just assumed he, had, he was intoxicated. But she said she tried to wake him up again. He wouldn't wake up. So she picked up his legs and put them in the bed. And that's the last she heard of him. Mm -hmm. And then, so I was fine. I was holding it in then. I, I felt horrible for her. And then... So I look outside and there's a man coming up the driveway and looked spitting image of the guy in the bedroom. It was his brother. Just, I mean, they look just alike. Now that's something in itself. That's a different feeling having a dead person and then, a, you know, their brother yeah. uh, come in who they look just alike. And so I kind of spit outside. I said, hey, you need to come in here. Your mama is a mess. Little did I know he was fixing to be a hot mess. Um, he was like, okay, where is she? And I said, she's sitting on the couch. So um, he went inside and he said, all right, come on, mama. He just grabbed her off the, the couch, took her hand, and they went in there. 
and then he broke down and he uncovered him and he grabbed him by his hand and he he started saying all this stuff he said um what are some of the things he said can't really remember but um uh, you're too young to go. I can't believe you're go. You're gone. Why'd you do this? Why do you have to be gone? And I just broke down. I started sobbing. I mean, I'm like a 15 year old girl crying. I'm like, <laughs> and then the, the little old lady comes over and starts petting off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like you all made it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's getting hard these days. The older I've gotten, um, it's it's. I am handling surprise and being afraid of things a little bit better because I can always turn to God in my in my thoughts and if if I'm prepared for it. If I'm not, oh well, we're just Mason gonna be screaming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're just gonna go with it and see what happens after that. Like I said and I showed before, um for your little audience. Um, <laughs> I showed you before, and this wasn't scripted or nothing. My partner, he never messages me. He is so used to me screaming all the time, all the time. Every day I scream. <laughs> it's kind of an ongoing joke at work. Macy's easy to scare, and and I am. I mean, I like to say that I'm, uh, that I pay attention more than y'all, but y'all are just late to scream. I scream at the appropriate things. But he sent me a message. He was like, I found you something. And it's actually something I shared. I think you laughed on it um, mm -hmm. some weeks ago. It was like, um, stop screaming. I'm scared too. <laughs> <laughs> he sent me a message just a minute ago. He saw that sticker. He's like, I'm getting you this. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, even like just with that like funny moment. Uh, that you mentioned like it even just goes to show that like it's okay for y'all to be for y'all to be scared too uh -huh. so, like, so i think that even shows that like y'all are just as involved like emotionally involved in this more than i even thought because like i almost feel like there's not really there's no like protocol rules to like how to not be emotional or anything like that but I guess I just always felt like, I guess from what you see on TV, mm -hmm. like, of course, there are actors, of course, but, you know, you always see, like, whenever the doctor That's gets right. bad news, <laughs> it seems like they're just very, like, they have that stone cold, like, they, they don't like they're crying with you when they told you that you have mm -hmm. cancer or something like yeah. that. So, I, I, I guess it just goes to show that you so see you can even learn something like that, too. That, like, even, <laughs> even paramedics, cops, doctors, I mean, I'm sure they all have those feelings you know where... yeah the cops and emts and parent we we have feelings um, yeah there are a lot out there that are um burnout and I, I hear the story so i i get it but there are there are very sensitive people out there and there are emts and paramedics that are struggling have severe ptsd i've developed some i think i've told you and i hate to say it um, I think it's getting under control. I developed some PTSD from a call. We could talk about it if you want to later. We can go over all, all the other stuff, but never thought I would have anything like that. I thought PTSD was just, I know I'm a paramedic, but I just thought, you know, you can control these things with your mind if you really wanted to. No, that's probably why uh, God allowed me to develop it. That way I could shut my mouth about it. <laughs> telling people that you know just you know um ptsd it's it's not really i mean i'd never say this to anybody but 
you know, it's a frame of mind. You can talk yourself out of the anxiety or I really couldn't understand it. I understand it now. It is a thing and I'm sorry to anyone I have ever um, made belittled about it. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I've even learned that too as I've done this podcast. So, like, even, like, PTSD doesn't only have to come from people that uh, serve in the military or, like, you know, have gone overseas and mm -hmm. have come back. So, you know, which, by the way, thank y'all for serving. If you've served. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, and I've even learned that, like, I have a friend that uh, he's now trying to become a cop. But he was a, a 911 dispatcher for quite, a, quite some time. And, like, he said he's even had some, like, PTSD just from the stories oh, yeah. that he hears like he's got to be the one to calm calm the other person on the other mm -hmm. line down and then but then he said mentally like it still affects him like after he's off work and like it's almost just sometimes it keeps him up at night oh, and yeah, like, even though, it. yeah it didn't affect him like it's not it's not personally affecting him like it wasn't his mother or but it was still like I guess he's maybe thinking what if it was my mother right like, right yeah, the, I mean, I've got some friend dispatchers. I don't think I've seen that one. You said you, you did a podcast on that? I yeah, didn't see that was, one. Yeah, it was way at the beginning, like okay. first season. So, yeah. yeah they, I mean, the dispatchers are probably something. They have to talk people through CPR and things mm -hmm. like that and, and active hostage scenes. See, I think they probably, they might even have it worse at times hearing yeah. the things and not being able to do anything about it. Yeah, you, uh -huh. you almost do feel like yeah, you can't, even though you don't see it all happening before you, but you can just hear it and visualize what it's uh -huh. like. And then, like you said, you're trying to do everything you can to calm them down and like tell them the, the best steps to take, you know, before the cops arrive and, you know, yeah. the paramedics and all that. So, yeah, it definitely takes a uh -huh. lot, a lot more work, which, you know, goes to show how much, you know, how much of a, a hero that all of y'all are. Like, y'all are one big team. So yeah, superheroes. <laughs> so, yeah, you make you uh, you're one uh, big team to make you know to get to the end goal of saving that person. Sometimes it doesn't yeah. happen, but you know for the most part, like at the end of the day, you still give it your all, and you know you. Oh yeah, you I know. love my, I love my job now. I I did have a, some burnout. I love it now, uh, especially where I'm at now. God's got me in a really. It's never boring. I'll let you. I'll tell you that I've got a good partner. The cops that we work with, the dispatchers, friends with the dispatchers, friends with the cops, friends with, and then we all we all engage on one call at a time, and we do it. Is it's a big team team thing. Get yeah. through it. Hopefully, sometimes we can make fun of it. You know, just to get through it together. Um, like that call, um, it, we ended up laughing about, <laughs> like <laughs> only out in the county that it was, it was, I think it was in Massey, like mm -hmm. Macy, but not. <laughs> <laughs> Massey sounds like a county, uh, country place, doesn't it? It does. It out in Massey, some guy was <laughs> waving a gun around. You just don't, you have no, and every, so here's another, uh, I'm deathly afraid of pit bulls. Mm. Deathly afraid. Do you know that every single person out in the county owns a pit bull? <laughs> Everybody oh, does. It's a, it's a thing, and so that's mm. a fear I have. Yeah, so that's an obstacle <laughs> in itself. <laughs> I did get me some mace, though. I haven't used it yet. 
but <laughs> yeah yeah you just never know so you gotta at least be one step ahead in mm -hmm. case expect the worst but you know hopefully nothing happens mm -hmm. so yeah so man like you've definitely seen a lot and been through a lot which you know one other thing i was going to ask you about uh if you don't mind sharing no is, i don't mind um, I'm an open what, book, man. <laughs> i think you mentioned that you have like before you were saved that you've been to prison before was yes. that a scary experience for you or not really or was it something that you just the, you weren't in there long enough or? i was in there 30 days okay um the girls and the girls were actually really nice um it wasn't really scary it was depressing very depressing yeah. um but nah it it was it was fine the girls knew that they all they said well you don't need to be here they need to let you out you are not <laughs> supposed to be in here these girls are rough yeah. i was in what i had done it wasn't just um i had an I had assaulted a police officer also. Mm. So I was in on the, I wasn't in the general population. I was in um, uh, uh, the violent offenders. So if you if you had a violent offense, like murder or whatever, you were in a different cell block. And there was literally, there was only like um, 30 of us. Mm. So in general population, there's hundreds. So I was put with the killers and everything, <laughs> little old Macy, and I was like, they t called me their greeter about week two after I um, withdrew from drugs. It took several weeks, but new girls would come in and I would see how sad they're all like, hey, I'm Macy, come sit over here. And they're like, she's our greeter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, so overall it wasn't, I mean, I'm definitely not it wasn't no, an amazing experience, but it wasn't a scary one. No, either. it wasn't for me. I think, I just, uh, I'm sure it can be. I was locked up for 24 hours out of the day, so I didn't have the opportunity. When I introduced people, that was only when lunch came around. We were only let out to eat, and we went right back in our rooms mm -hmm. when you're on the violent offender side. In general population, you're out in the, walking around the common room the whole day so yeah um, oh it was miserable 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 oh yeah i'm sure of it <laughs> so oh. yeah i know uh another like story that i guess i can bring up really quick is something that we both had in common we talked about it right before this uh recording oh, started yeah. was about like being robbed mm -hmm. and i guess i can uh, kind of share a little bit of what happened with me so it was my final semester at uab so this was 2018 like fall 2018 okay and I was t the last two classes I had to take um, happened to be during like the, the evening time. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, oh no. Like, was it dark? Yeah, downtown Birmingham in the dark. <clears throat> and I had to park farther back because all the people that were there during the day uh, in like the early afternoon took the good parking. So I had to park, <laughs> so I had to park farther. That's what you uh, get, Joel. Yeah, exactly. That's what I get for taking the night classes. <laughs> so. So anyway, for not being on time, you have to, now you get mugged. So yeah, you... <laughs> that's exactly what happened. So yeah, that happened the one time I was walking back and there was this guy that approached me. Uh, he was bigger than me. Like he was uh, like just just all all around like bigger than me. Was it just man. one guy? It was one guy. So this guy was wearing like heavy clothing, like a big hoodie. Uh -huh. And, and uh, he came up to me and he said that he was having car trouble. 
And he said, I need to get my car like fixed and I'm really needing like some money. Like, can I get you to like give me some money like to help out? And so like I started pulling out my wallet and on this, and this was back when I was working uh, at the grocery store food giant um, to where I was, I was getting paid. We didn't have direct deposit. I had like uh, my paychecks like cashed out and I was going to go take it to the bank the next day after this happened. Uh, so anyway, I pulled out, I was just going to give him a 20, but he saw I had more than just 20 in my wallet mm -hmm. because that was my, my whole paycheck was in there. Oh my so, God. yeah, so then he was like, um, he's like, I'm going to need more than 20. I was like, um, I said, that, that's all I'm going to give. Like that, that's all I can give. I said, this is all the money I have because I, was that his time, voice changing. Did you yeah, know I was... tell, yeah, his tone was starting to get a little bit more like, more like, not, I mean, more like mad sounding. Yeah. Irritated, serious, irritated, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, irritated. Or... So I was like, so I was like, well, this is all I can give, and he said, well, I'm gonna need all of that. And that's I, when you go, hey, and he turns around and looks at me, take off, man. Yeah, yeah so that's what I should have done. Oh yeah. my gosh, I'm gonna need it all. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so I was like, oh, um, I said, this is all I have, like, because this was um, back when you know I was working at Fujian, yeah. barely getting paid over minimum wage. I know. Getting paid every other week. That was like seven dollars, wasn't it? Yeah, seven twenty-five or something. Yeah. Yeah. So like I was barely Aww. getting paid. So and I was like, I was gonna take this money to the bank the next day. But really, now that I look back on it, this situation probably saved me from something being worse happening to me. Because he said something about, well, if you won't give me that money, we'll just get in your car. And, you know, I'll take you, you'll just drive me to the bank and take out more, like, you know, more money and, like, you know, give me yeah. that money. So I was like, I don't want this guy in my car. Uh -uh. So I gave him the money that I had. And not, uh, I will say that I never, I didn't have no gun pulled out on me or no weapon, but he had his hand in his pocket. So I'm, I was assuming he could he, have beat you in the face or whatever. Yeah, so I was assuming him. the worst. So, like, maybe he was going to pull it out, like, you know, in a second, if like if my tone changed, then his tone was gonna get worse, and it was gonna. So be... your t your tone stayed the same. Yeah, like well, I that's good. Yeah, so I think uh, like I know one of my questions is like, how do you keep yourself calm during a situation mm -hmm. like like that? For me, I guess was making sure that my tone stayed to where I wasn't getting hostile that's or like exactly right. or mm -hmm. mad because the same like if I was gonna do that, then he was gonna up you know one up me. And it was gonna, I feel like it was gonna get physical at that point. So I don't know if y'all wanna define it as a robbery, but I take it as a robbery. Because yeah, that's a robbery. <laughs> it, like, I never want no gun pulled out on me and, like, you know, I'm gonna shoot you if you don't give me your money, but it was more of threats. Yeah, that's a robbery. Yeah, so I ended up, yeah, that happened. And I remember going home, and I remember the following day, uh, we got like cops involved and stuff like that. And they, they didn't find the guy until maybe like a couple months later. Oh, they found him? Yeah, they found him doing it to someone else, another <gasps> student. And then they told him that he was banned from the campus and that if he That's comes it? back. Yeah, that was it. They said if he comes back, then he's going to prison. So I was like, what? You just get banned and that's it? You can go to any other part of Birmingham. Do you tell him you wanted your $23 back? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I wish. I, I know, I wish. But, yeah, so I remember that situation was pretty scary. But it was never a gun put on me, thankfully. But I, I am kind of glad that I forgot to put that money into my bank account. Because if yeah. I didn't, 
Uh, he probably would have gotten him a call. Like, come on, we're running up to this uh, ATM, and you're getting me some money out. Yeah, he probably could have seen. Hey, my, and he might probably had a gun on him. Yeah. You never know. So I think really that was in a way of a blessing in disguise, yeah. kind of way, where you know my forgetfulness at that point was <laughs> really, yeah. a, a, I guess, a blessing at that point. So, yeah. um, but I know you said you've been robbed as well. Was was there an actual weapon? Yeah, there was a gun that was time? put to my temple, oh. and there were four guys. I was at, I was, I was, um, it was at Jeff State Community College. Mm -hmm. um, so I was twenty. Um, I I didn't have any money on me, uh, so they got nothing. They thought they did, but um, <laughs> but that was scary. I was, I just gotten out of a class. I was taken, I took a study of the Old Testament. This was right before I started doing major drugs. Mm -hmm. um, so I went to, right before I got into, or I was in a, about to start paramedic school. But anyway, um, I was getting out of that class and this was, like you said, it was in the evening, nobody, there was, there, the campus wasn't full. I was walking, you just, how brave these, boys were i just to do that to somebody in broad daylight but um mm -hmm. they encircled me and they asked me what time it was and i said i didn't have a watch and the one it was a it was i don't i'm not i know nothing about guns it was a little gun because his mm -hmm. i mean i seen it it was little bitty but put it up to my temple and said give me your purse and i was like i handed it to them and they took off i like you said, I just stood there in complete stupor. I didn't know what to do or so I didn't run. Um, I probably would act a lot different now, but back mm -hmm. then, uh, once they were gone, I turned around, I walked back into the uh, doors and I told the first person I saw, I said, I was just robbed by four guys. And they're like, what, really? And I'm like, yeah, so they called campus police and they came over and I gave them a statement and they asked me a million and one questions. Did you mm -hmm. have any, how much money did you have in there? Like 50 cents? <laughs> <laughs> a packet of uh, big blow gum and um, I don't know, some mm -hmm. Carmex probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, I know I was scared then too. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely can be, especially when it happened. Man, it's crazy how it happened for both of us on college campus. Yeah, so. isn't it? In broad daylight. Well, yours was a little later, but still. Yeah. How do you have the... Well, I did stupid things. I say <laughs> drugs helps these people do a lot of things. Stupid things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> have the courage to do stuff like that. Yeah. Evil stuff. Yeah, like you said, especially in broad daylight mm -hmm. where other people can see, mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, they're, they're getting courageous enough to do all yeah. of this. And it's getting worse nowadays. Uh, yeah, it is. Too, so that's even mind-blowing in itself, too. Um, well, can I, <clears throat> before I get to this next question, which I kind of already asked it, but, like, I was going to share two more situations right quick uh -huh. that were scary. Um, which, uh, I know you know one of these stories, uh, but I'll share the first one that you don't know. Um, I don't know if you know, but like I, I, I never had cancer, but I've had two like minor brief moments where we thought I had cancer. So, no, I did not know any of this. So the first time was back in 2013. 
um, I was over the years, like from senior year, I, I even still nowadays, I still have this like problem with like, feel like I want to lose weight. And then sometimes I'll lose it and then I gain it back. But, um, but anyway, back in high school, I was around the same weight that I am right now. But over like from 2011 to 2013, I, I lost, well, maybe like, well, let me say 2011 to 2012, I lost maybe like 20 pounds at that point. So I was thinking, okay, like, I like this. I'm not even trying <laughs> to lose weight and I'm losing weight. Like, okay. Like, so I was thinking maybe because at that time I was growing like in right. height. Because like from my freshman year to my senior year, I grew like almost a foot. So I was like, okay, maybe it's just me, you know, growing at this point and like I'm starting to kind of like thin out. Uh -huh. So, so going to 2013, at that point from 2011 to 2013, I lost like 50 pounds and I wasn't even trying to lose weight at that point. And, and one uh, family member brought up the concern that like, you don't think it's cancer, do you? And, well, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, uh, like, I don't know. And I was getting to the point to where, of course, you know my brother Mitchell. Yeah. Um, like, I got to the point to where me and him were about the same weight. And like me and Mitchell nowadays, we're like 50 pounds apart. Oh, yeah. So like, skinny, I was, skinny. yeah, I was really skinny. And like my, my Aunt May, uh, thought that I was Mitchell at this one place where I think it was up. Hey, I saw a picture of you where I thought you, Matt could tell you, uh, and probably show you, I thought you were Mitchell. I was like, look at Mitchell. He's like, that's Joel. It might have <laughs> been when you lost the weight. Yeah, it may have been around, yeah, this was 10 years ago where I lost a lot of weight. Yeah, you were a lot younger. So yeah. That was probably it. And I was okay. around like 160 pounds, which is small for me. And uh, so, so that was happening but then on top of that uh, what led me to go into a doctor was I was starting to have like major pain like in my tailbone area to where like I couldn't even sit I was in like excruciating pain like it was sharp and all of that and and I remember like my my family was really upset because like wondering what if this is really cancer he's in pain he's losing weight and all of this so I ended up going to a doctor and or like a one of those family practice doctor uh -huh. in the box kind of doctors and uh, then they sent me to someone like a uh, like a someone that was more specialized in mm -hmm. like that area yeah. of the body so <laughs> so i ended up going and i found out that i had a cyst like on my tailbone and but I, to I, the lay person you're like are you sure it's a cyst yeah so like they ended up finding out that it was a cyst after all that and they had to do like a procedure and I was awake for it. They had to, they had to like do, it was painful. They had to remove it. Then they had to put an incision down there. So I'm glad I gave y'all the forewarning because <laughs> it is nasty. But they, they had to put an incision in my tailbone. To, to drain where, it? Yeah, to make it heal from the inside out. So, my, <laughs> so yeah, my dad had to help um, pack is what it was called, pack it in. Yeah. And so it was, Sorry, everybody. Literally, blood, sweat, and tears in <laughs> <laughs> that situation. So, is that why you lost weight? Did yeah. they say that? Well, they didn't say that, but after I lost that, you know, after they removed it, I gained all my weight back. So I don't know how. That's so that, weird. That was weird, but some reason that happened. But another situation that happened um, was a few years later, like in 2017-ish range. I had a mole on my arm 
that was that changed colors. Uh huh. And I was thinking, oh no, it's a skin cancer. Yeah. So I I remember going to a, one of those uh, dermatologists in the area, and and they like did the whole like removing it like the skin level. We can show you one. I got one that I got <laughs> removed yesterday. You want to see it? Oh, uh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I got it off my leg. But yeah, go ahead. So yeah. So yeah, yeah, cancer's scary. It is. So they ended up removing it. And thankfully it wasn't cancer, like I got the results back, but they said that there was potential for it to be, yeah, to be cancer, yeah, pre-cancer. Pre so, mm -hmm. so uh, I actually never did anything with it after that, but, um, but that was just two quick stories where like cancer, uh, like kind of cancer scare kind of happened. I have a cancer scare and I'll do mine real quick. Mine was in, um, it was, I was probably 25, okay, I lived in, Gadsden, so that was, I went to the OBGYN and had my yearly um, pap smears and everything, and they called me, no, 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 he told me when he was down there, <laughs> he said, um, he said, this is going to come back abnormal. I didn't know what he was taught. I was young, um, yeah, of course, I was a paramedic, but he's like, this is going to come back abnormal. I'm like, okay. Anyway, I get a phone call, and they told me to come back in they had to do a biopsy that i had lesion that i had a lesion in my mm. pap smear so i had that done he said it's it looked cancerous to him and i was at work when i got the phone call i remember that i was with my my favorite candace stags i was working at rp uh, yeah rps when they called me and this is the thing they just told me like it was they told me like it was just uh yes ma'am you're it's showing that it's uh cancerous cells i'm like what they're like yes ma'am so we need you to come in and have a biopsy done i'm like okay and then she just hung up i had a million and one questions mm -hmm. that i i called them back and they didn't want it they wasn't going to talk to me they yeah. had other patients and i thought that was very rude i was so scared yeah it's cancer is having any type of cancer is very scary yeah but it turned out had that it was um they were precancerous cells and um it turned out not to be anything else after that so mm, yeah well, i'm glad to hear that it was mm -hmm. all all good at the end of it all mm -hmm. but yeah when you get told that you know kind of those not news that, that is C word, pretty, yeah. yeah that's scary because like even with like my mom's situation, they just just the way they flat out told her, "Oh, you have stage four colon cancer." It's oh. like, it almost like, as a matter of fact, or by the way, it's like, uh, okay. And then even that situation was scary. So that's what I was gonna talk about that you knew yeah. about was like her almost like dying last, yeah. like in back four Matt years told ago. Me, Matt's told me um, this some of the story. He told me you're pretty much the one that made her go to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. That. And yeah, he's... yeah, she because she said this pain was like worse than labor. And I know I'm not a woman, but I've heard labor is not good. It, yeah, and your mom good. doesn't complain. No. Well, she doesn't complain like that. Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> complain about like, yeah, going to the doctor kind yeah, of stuff. And, and... She's not an all oh, look at me, look at me person. Yeah, so yeah, when when she was in all that pain, we did expect it worse because at the ER, they did they kept on like. They were like urgently telling us like you got to got to got to got to go to somewhere and figure this out. So we're thinking this might be cancer, 
And like, it took a, probably like a month or so before we found out it was stage four colon cancer. After her going to a few different uh, ERs and then also going to like this. Um, She's got to go to the uh, GI doctor. Yeah, she went there. Yes, yeah, so I had her hysterectomy and that's kind of where they found out all that. And then just fast forwarding through like the nine rounds of chemo. And then, and then her having the blood clots to both of her lungs. Oh my god! That was, I think, this still the scariest day of my life. I still remember the date, September twelfth. Now that's a that's a scary story you got. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, that was definitely scary because I was thinking. Were you me, there at the house? Um, I was there a few hours before it happened. I wasn't actually there when it happened. And she was happened. fine, though? Yeah, when she was fine. We were actually watching. I've never seen it before until that point. We were watching Ferris, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> <laughs> so we were watching that. And I remember telling her, oh, my crap, because this at the time, this was before COVID. And I told her, well, you know, I got to get to work. So we'll have to watch the final part, you know, tomorrow morning. So I remember leaving and I, I still remember like everything was so detailed because like I remember even driving to work. I remember seeing one of those green bugs on the side of my car. Katie did. Is that what they're called? <laughs> they was like staring at me in the rear view mirror. Yeah, something yeah. like that. It's one of those green bugs. And, uh -huh. and I remember yeah, getting the call from, uh, from my brother Micah that she fainted. Like my dad found her and she fainted. And we thought maybe she just fell because she was on the, like she, her leg was numb. To where yeah, she was on the cane and no she was on the walker at that time uh so yeah she was i was thinking oh no maybe she just fell yeah and so like they were taking her to the hospital and then a couple hours later found that it was blood clots and, and then her lungs. Yeah, yeah her both of her lungs and then was told that she only had like two to three hours to live yes so yeah we all flew to the hospital at that point and I remember, yeah, I was new to the family too, yeah, sort of. I feel like that was almost like your introduction to some people, yeah, which was crazy. It was. That, like, that was like your first time meeting some of them because yeah, you were y'all were newly married at that point. Uh -huh. So it was, it just it was a scary situation. I remember just thinking, oh and my your gosh. mom brought in each little group of families, like you know me yeah. and Matt, and were I don't know if the boys were no the boys wasn't allowed to, but. Mm. Telling us all goodbye. Yeah, that was, that was awful. Sad. Yeah, so that was a hard. I think that was probably one of the hardest and things. And scary. Persevered. She beat the odds like oh, yes. three or four times. Yeah, so that was that was definitely scary. <laughs> She's too <situation>. stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll she'll fight it off if she can. So. Oh my gosh, yeah. that was. Oh, that yeah. was horrible. Yeah, it was even with the cancer situation, like she didn't even get to come to my graduation. But then, like, I remember her telling me, and I remember thinking about it on the day when she, when we were told that she was going to probably pass away. I remember her telling me that, you know, or I remember telling her, actually, that you may not have been at my graduation, but, like, one day I, I want you to be at my wedding. And I was thinking, like, oh, my gosh, you know, at that point when she was two to three hours from dying at that point when I thought she was, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, like, she's not going to see me, like, oh get married. Gosh. And, you know, I started having all these, like, emotions like she, she's not gonna like my older siblings have kids and like she's got to become a grandmother to them but like i haven't had that opportunity yet so like I, all of this started like kind of i guess scary in a way because it's like life what does life look like without her I and, know. 
Because she's like a big, like, she's like the glue. She is. And like, she's the one that holds everybody together. And I feel like and without her. And you and her, her are like best friends. Yeah, so. Uh, There's that's, a, it's a, they have a relationship, not like most, a lot of mothers and sons. Yeah. Yeah, I know Very people. close because y'all are always, y'all spend a lot of time together. And your mom's very cool to yeah. talk to. Yeah. She's funny. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, she's uh she's definitely I'm glad that you fast forward through all that she is mm -hmm. better now. You know, I feel like I've shared a story before, but like just to hear it again, just how scary that and emotional it was too. I feel like yeah. twenty nineteen was like I think I, I cried that year more more than I've ever cried. Yeah. Like in my life. But but I guess kind of moving on to these next couple of questions, yes. we'll we'll get through these a little bit quicker because uh, uh, because I feel like these aren't as like these aren't sharing stories about scary yeah. moments. So uh, my next question is I, I kind of answered it a little bit, but I want to kind of hear from you. Like, how do you try to keep yourself calm during uh, a situation that is scary? Well, I do. I do have some techniques, and I do. I rely on God mostly for everything. My partner can attest to, you, and my partner does too. Uh, me and him are. I've met my partner that I have now. I've known him um, through being in EMS. Uh, so before I've been at this job for two years, I knew him for like three or four. No. A lot longer than that. I'd known him for seeing him around. Um, we all know each other on the ambulance, but never worked with him. But he's very, he's not like me. He's kind of like me and Matt, <laughs> my husband Matt. I'm the loud one, and he's the serious, doesn't really talk, sarcastic, um, my partner. Um, he's <laughs> sarcastic, but he's funny sarcastic. I love it. He cracks me up all the time. But me and him, we've been into some several situations, and um, we I prepare myself for bad calls. We thank goodness for dispatchers. Dispatchers will tell you what the calls are, and we've been on enough and know if the dispatcher says something particular then we know it's fixing to be bad. Either it's a bad cardiac arrest or it's a child cardiac arrest or it's um, just something horrible. We'll pray, to, uh, not pray to ourselves. He'll, he'll be like, Jesus, it's us again. <laughs> but no, I do. I'll focus. If I hear that we're getting a bad call, then I do. I have to get in the zone and he knows. He knows. My partner knows. I'll sit there and I'm like, God, it's me, please. This call's supposed to be either especially worse. Please give me the strength to not, not um, lose it. Just be my strength because there's, I mean, I don't know what's fixing to happen. I don't know what's going to go on. Let me do my job right. And just like what you said a lot of times i have to i have to tell myself because my adhd it's severe i get um anxious and it doesn't take it doesn't take much to get me going so mm -hmm. i have to constantly be vigilant of macy breathe calm down focus so um what you said calm myself and 
stay in the moment. You got to mm -hmm. stay in the moment or you will lose it. And that's helped me so many times in so many praying to God before the situation. Because a lot of times when it's going to be something scary or something bad, you might not know to be able to pray about it beforehand. <laughs> it mm -hmm. might just happen out of the blue. So I just try to stay in the moment and stay clear headed. And I mean, I will talk to myself. Yeah, and in and, and I, I've done that many a times, many a times. It's helped a lot. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really good. Uh, like good ways to kind of keep yourself calm is through prayer, and then also like I said, just composing yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, like and try to your best, like internally and externally too, to where oh, you're yeah. not giving off like like I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> like so, yeah, I think that. Uh, so those two things are good and then on top of that like two more things i thought of was um i, I actually saw it online that there's this like breathing technique it's called like the four seven eight technique mm -hmm. and i've done it before and i feel like it helps a little bit but definitely nothing like as the powerful four, as prayer seven, it's like you you breathe in for four seconds or yeah you inhale then you hold your breath for, for seven seconds and then you slowly breathe out for eight seconds so i feel like that's like one thing that i feel like it's it's helped before, but I'm sure it can help. Yeah, but I feel like prayer definitely helps a, a lot more. But I feel like that even helps, like, kind of keep yourself a little bit more calm. And then another thing that, um, just a very quick story, like, with um, now I do a lot of traveling nowadays. But if y'all would have met me in 2018, at this point, I've never been on a plane before. So, oh, in really? And so, <laughs> in 2018, I got on my first plane. And I remember being like really scared. This was a scary situation for me in 2018 because it's like I've never been on a plane and I don't know what to expect. I've never been on one. So, so it, it's actually not as bad, but, but just the anticipation of it is what was scary for me. So what I was doing uh, before the flight was going off, um, like, do you know who Chris Tomlin is, the singer? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so there's a song that he has. Do I know who Chris Tomlin is? Yeah, I, I thought Boy. you did. <laughs> but, but anyway, there's a song. Uh, one of his songs, is the lyric says, I know who goes before me. I know mm -hmm. who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. Uh -huh. I, I was whispering that in my head, like, the whole time as yeah. the plane was taking off. And, and that was, like, one way for me to keep calm. I was like... Yeah, God's it, got it me. It worked, right? Yeah, it did. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I feel like those were like the, the few things that I could think of that would help me calm down. Yeah. So, yeah, so speaking of God, that's going to lead us into our final question. Mm -hmm. um, so, I feel like whenever a scary situation happens, I feel like many people, it can either like make or break you kind of moment. Like, it would make you, make you either hold back from doing something again. Like, let's just say if you got if you went to a park and got robbed there, then like some people may say, well, I'm never going to that park again. Yeah. Or you face your fear and say, you know what? I'm going to go back there and overcome my fear. So I guess my uh, question, I know you brought in, you know, God, of course, mm -hmm. being someone that has strengthened you and given you like courage to get through scary situations. So um, are there any like Bible verses that come to mind when like whenever you need that, courageous moment to happen for you during that time of scariness or like the unknown well i of course before this i wrote a bunch down but i i wanted to be as authentic as i could be so that people could take away something 
and yes, there's several that, um, there's a, there's a couple that I tell myself always, usually in the beginning, um, and I wanna, I wanna say that I, you, that I say these a lot. A lot of this comes when I'm going on calls because I really don't do too much <laughs> other than work and um, nothing else in my life. But of course, I would um, do these things if I was ever afraid outside. But God, this happens. This is a lot at work. But um, I have several verses that. So if I'm going on a, a bad call, those are starting to freak me out these days. Um, but I know, I know, first, I know who I am in Christ. I know that I'm saved and I know that the Lord is always with me. But the few verses that I use, um, let's see. So my, my, I always go to Psalms 20, 23, always, but um, Psalms 23, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, or you can say darkest valley or the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A lot of people will take some of the verses that, like this, and I've thought them through, They're, you know, we are God's lambs he's our shepherd he is guiding us and he's with us all the time i feel mm -hmm. his presence when i was saved he worked he worked not only my my drug addiction but my um my um, codependency on men depression um, my thought process was completely it was horrible but um he fixed all these type things in me and I had to read in the Bible. I found so many verses that I can tell them to myself during situations. And I mean, I just feel at peace. Um, mm -hmm. One that I always say to myself, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the number one that I always say, always, <laughs> yeah. always, always God, I can I can do things, all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus, please help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus is me again. And then, um, hold on, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, the other one. Greater is he that is in me than he who is in this world. That one holds a special part in my life. Um, I think I lived by that one every single day for the first year, couple of years of my sobriety. But um, I have a, what are some of yours? Do you have some? Yeah, I actually do. So I guess I have a bunch though. So great minds must think alike because I had Psalm 23 as well. And these so, are, Psalm 23 is like the best. Yeah, the whole, it is. I just pulled that one little verse out because you said verses. Same thing. But you same can here. use the whole thing. Yeah. I memorized Psalm 23. Yeah, I do love uh, Psalms 23 is really good. So like that was one for me. But then also I went to like Isaiah, where uh -huh. uh, Isaiah 41 10, uh -huh. it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I, I am, am your God. God. Uh -huh. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So that was one that I definitely love because it just, I just love like just the very first sentence, like I am 
with you. Like, yeah. Because you, you just know, regardless of what you're going through, he's going to be there with you. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't physically see him, like, he's going to be there with you in spirit. And, you know, you're... If you're a child of God, then yeah. he he's with you. Um, one of my... Um, Hold on. What? I just went blank. See, there's part of the ADHD. Um, finish with what you else was you were saying. So I also have uh, um, also in Isaiah uh, chapter 43 oh. verses two through three. Mm-hmm. It says this: When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, mm-hmm. and through the rivers they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, mm-hmm. nor shall the flames scorch you, for I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. So, yeah, I, I like, like, especially in verse 2, like, I just like how he's just mentioning, like, you, you can go to the waters. And, oh, yeah. Like, basically, any storm that comes your way, like, even as we're talking right now, we know that in the Middle East, with, like, Israel going through a storm themselves with, like, in war and all that, knowing that, Regardless, like God is going to be, you know, with them regardless, you know, they're at all. And I just love that even for for us, you know, just saying that no storm is too big for God. No. Do you know that song? Um, it's uh, I'm fixing to give. Uh, hold on. I hope he's not mad at me. Um, is oceans? Who is oceans by? Is, is it that song? Hill song? Of course. Hillsong's a whole different story, but the <laughs> oh, have you heard you, you know the song Oceans? Mm-hmm. That song, I love that song. But anyway, yeah. um, so the other than um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, Romans eight, first Romans is like the best book of the whole Bible, hands down. Uh, that book saved me from myself and. But, uh, uh, and we know that all things work together for the good to, of them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. All, God, when you are part of, I've thought, I mean, I, I've seen it, I've witnessed it. I am 46 years old. I know what it was like to be a lost, lost person. And I know what it's like to be a lost Christian, and then I know what it's like to be a Christian living right, living a right life. And God has worked all these things out. He worked my 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 when I was being a bad when I was a bad person. Um, he worked everything out. To where I'm still alive today. I should not be alive. The things that I've done, the drugs that I've taken, and but here I am. And my life is—it's really good. God takes care of me. Mm-hmm. And that verse, He works everything out for the good of those. He works everything out for the good of those who love Him. Of course, we're not going to have perfect lives. Cancer may come up, something, but. For the most part, I mean, my life is totally different than what it used to be. He, and I know this, I know this through whatever comes. So all I got to do is say this one verse to me, to myself and know that 
God's worked it all out before it's even happened. So mm -hmm. it's going to work out. Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. I like that because mm -hmm. uh, uh, I actually have a verse as we're closing out. Like, I guess we might as well end it here in Romans 8 as well because <laughs> I have it right here too. <laughs> I have verses uh, 15 and 16. Uh -huh. It says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to mm -hmm. fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And I just love that, especially um, like just thinking about like media nowadays, like the news media. I feel like it's, uh, I guess the way I feel like our nation operates is very media driven. And I feel like we, yeah, and the media brings a lot of things like fear and division. And I guess I feel like if, as I read that, I was just thinking about like the bondage of fear. And I just kind of think about how COVID. The, yeah, COVID and like all of this division, well, even with like the election and mm -hmm. get the vaccine, wear the mask, you yeah. know, all of this like craziness that happened, especially in 2020. So I was just thinking about how like as children of God that like we we can break those chains of like, you know, from the fears of it all. There may be moments where like a, a scary moment may happen, but at the same time, we know that that we're going to get through it with our Lord and Savior. Yeah. And now like, there's no, there's nothing that can stop us because like he can do the impossible. Mm -hmm. So I just think that like the whole, like, I just love seeing, reading that about like, you know, not being in the bondage of fear and now like we can, that we're apart from that and that we can we overcome anything with, uh, with Christ on our mm -hmm. side. Your family showed a lot of, um, I was, I'm so glad to be a part of y'all's family. Your family showed, by the way, I'm sure everybody knows you've got, um, 10 other brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah. The whole family basically, well, some of them, <laughs> um, when COVID came, uh, nobody really wanted to get the vaccine and wasn't wanting to be tied up in the house. And mm -hmm. Most of them wasn't. Um, just we all knew it was a scare tactic. And, and it's something, maybe not just scare. It, people were just ignorant about COVID. But mm -hmm. still, we knew that God would take care of us. Not be stupid about things, but God takes care of us. Yeah. And I know that, you know that. I think we're able to handle things a little bit better. I know for sure that I'm handling things a lot better now that I've been saved and I've got a relationship with God versus when I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see video back in the day when I, I was a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that's like the perfect way like to end this episode by like just reminding people that like, no matter what situation happens, even with what's going on nowadays with like Israel, Hamas, and all of that, that like God's like gonna win at the end, yes. at the end of it all, and that there's there's no need to fear because we know that He's. We've read the last chapter in here. Yeah, we know, we know what's gonna yeah. play. Yeah, we know how it's the the ending. We win. God yeah, wins. Exactly. So I think that's a good reminder and. And I think that was a overall really good episode. And I definitely appreciate you uh, being honest and I didn't look at the open. camera that much. I'm sorry, I forgot. Oh, uh, you're good. I forgot <laughs> to. I've been like looking back and forth every now and then. But yeah, I definitely appreciate uh, you oh, you're being open and honest and mm -hmm. letting me come here to do this recording oh, with you. Oh, you're welcome anytime. 
Yeah, so yeah, I hope that um, y'all enjoyed this episode as well. Whether you've watched it on YouTube or any of the podcast streaming platforms, I definitely appreciate your support there as well. So anyways, everybody, I hope y'all have an amazing rest of your day or night, depending on when you're watching or listening to this. And I will see y'all on the next episode of Not Travis Joel. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Not Your Average Joel. You should know the drill by now, but just in case if you don't, my podcast is available not only on YouTube, but also on most podcast streaming platforms, my Instagram page at Not Your Average Joel Podcast, and I'll also have a website that you can visit at NotYourAverageJoelPodcast.com. My episodes will be coming out every Wednesdays going forward, so be sure to come back next Wednesday for a new episode. Thank you once again for your support, and I will talk to y'all in the next episode of Not Your Average Joel. Goodbye.